Hey folks, welcome to Josh's Worst Nightmare Podcast presented by Denver Horror Collective. I'm your host, Josh Schlossberg, surveying the dark landscape of biological horror fiction. For this episode, we have Ronald Kelly, who is author of The Web of La Sanguinaire and Other Arachnid Horrors. Ronald Kelly has been writing horror fiction for 35 years. He wrote eight novels for Zebra Books in the early 90s. He won a Splatterpunk Award for his extreme horror collection, The Essential Six Stuff. And he has written many others, as I see on this website of his. Welcome to my nightmare, Ronald. Thank you. So for folks who've never tuned in before, or for those who have, I'll repeat this. For every episode, I invite on horror authors typically to talk about an aspect of biological horror, living creatures and vital processes relevant to their writing. For this episode, we're going to talk about our eight-legged friends, spiders. So this is going to be based on your book, The Web of La Sanguinaire. That's how it's pronounced, right? Yeah, La Sanguinaire. Yeah, it's a, it's French for uh, the bloodthirsty. That's right. I took a bit of French into college. I thought I was doing okay. Good. So here's the thing. I don't always get a chance to read all the authors who come on to my podcast in advance. I have people on every week that would just be impossible. I do try to buy one of their books and read them at some point, but I did read your book in advance, not just because we have the same publisher, D&T Publishing, but because it's pure biological horror. You wrote a short story collection that has eight stories and every single story is about spiders. And I First, let me just say, I I loved it. First of all, it was extremely well-written, just impeccably well-written. And I would not have thought that somebody could do eight stories about, in a sense, the same topic, spiders, so diverse. Every story is a completely different spider, but also just a whole different feel, goes into a whole different direction. So if folks are like, come on, man, that's going to be one note. It's not. Some are horrifying. Some are uplifting, heartwarming. So anyway, why did you write a book about spiders? Well, uh, in the last few years, I've been putting out these little collections. Um, some are seasonal, like I put out two Halloween collections, and I put out a Christmas horror collection and uh, an Irish folklore collection. So I was, you know, I've been, I've had you know, some really good success on these little collections, and I thought, well, you know, I've got a few spider stories. You know, I, I, back when I was writing in the in the mid '80s and early '90s, I I had two particular stories. One was the the web of La Sanguinaire, and I think that was the fourth short story I ever had published. And mm-hmm. uh, um, it's about these giant spiders in in the swamps in the bayous of Louisiana. And uh, everybody always seemed to think that was a pretty, uh, particularly creepy story. So, um, and I had another story called Housewarming, um, which was a, a lot of people, you know, um, it, that one gives everybody a little shiver every, you know, when they're reading it. So um, I thought, well, you know, it would be interesting if I could, you know, take those two stories and, and then write some some brand new stories to go with it. So. So, um, you know, I decided to um, uh, contact uh, 
Don Shay at the DNT and see if she was interested. And she said she was. So um, I, I sat down and, and wrote some, tried to, you know, figure out story ideas with spiders that wouldn't overlap each other and just kind of blend in, you know, where they would be their own individual, you know, uh, thing instead of, you know, you know, linked or, or seeming to repeat yourself. Right. Yeah, they definitely all stand alone, which I think is really impressive. So can you tell folks without giving away anything in any of the stories, maybe a few of the kinds of spiders that you made use of? Well, um, there, there's, there's a few spiders in here that, you know, is beyond the type of spider that we know, you know, some are like demonic spiders, some are, um, you know, um, you know, uh, controlled by the supernatural and stuff like that. Um, of course, there's, there's regular spiders in some of the stories too. And, and there's, uh, there's one particular story, um, uh, Hugs and Kisses, where uh, I'm, I'm going to give it away, but um, it, it's almost like a love, it's a love story, but, uh, you know, so it's, uh, that's not particularly a, um, a horror story, but I guess in a way it could be if you, if you thought about it in a certain way, but, but um, that, and uh, one story I particularly like is um, uh, Come See Spider Cave, the last story in the collection, mm -hmm. because um, when I was a kid, we used to take like day trips to I live in Tennessee so we took day trips to Chattanooga and there was um, a place called Ruby Cave um, I mean Ruby Falls and you would take an elevator like hundreds of feet underground to go see this uh, waterfall underground so I thought um, wouldn't, wouldn't it be interested if it was like spiders down there instead of a waterfalls yeah no so, um so, you know, that, that had some nostalgic quality to it because uh, I've had so many people tell me they read that story and they remembered Ruby Falls and they didn't know if they'd go back to Ruby Falls after reading that story. <laughs> that was a very effective story because you combined claustrophobia with mm -hmm. spiders. So those are two very common phobias. Do you have any phobia or affinity for spiders what's your relationship with spiders i don't particularly care for them but um i mean i i can see a little spider or something but i mean i'll tell you um a couple things in my childhood that, that really affected me about spiders was um i remember i was like five or six years old and i was at my cousin's house and we were playing out in his backyard near the woods and a big uh, wolf spider got after us. It was, it was a hopping wolf spider <laughs> and it got him, it chased us about a, a half acre up to the house. So, <laughs> so that was pretty horrifying for a couple of five-year-olds. So, Well, and, that's pretty bizarre. They would follow you for that long or just chased you for a little bit. And then you just ran the rest of the way. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, there was leaves on the ground and everything. You could hear it rustling through the leaves coming after us so <laughs> wow uh another thing was um when me and my brother were young we we would play out in the garage and and we we'd play against the wall with our toy soldiers and stuff like that and there was where they had built the house there was a, a flap of um, tar paper between the drywall and the um, cinder block foundation and we sat there all summer and played and uh, 
about the time we was supposed to go back to school for the fall, my father tore that piece of um, tar paper away and there was a nest of black widow spiders up under there. So wow. uh, yeah, they could have very well crawl down our collar of our shirts. But um, so that was two things, you know, growing up that, you know, maybe not particularly, you know, fond of spiders. That would do it. I could understand that. Yeah, I personally, I don't have a problem with spiders. I mean, the really, really big ones and the poisonous ones, I guess I want to avoid. But yeah, for me, it's it's not a big deal. But I was doing a little research and there are some theories that we have evolutionary reasons for being afraid of spiders and that some ape species might also. But then there are other schools of thought that, no, we just get conditioned to be afraid of them and it's yeah. not something natural to be afraid of. But I mean, for the most part, it probably do you better to avoid spiders than it would to be drawn to them. Although they probably are a food source. You could, you could eat some of the spiders if you pick the right ones. Yeah. Now I know several people who, you know, who raise tarantulas and, and spiders like that. You know, uh, so, uh, I mean, it's a lot of people like them for pets and, and right. Uh, so, uh, you know, not just the, not the little ones, but the, the big, hairy, you know, cuddly ones. <laughs> right. Right. Well, what I was reading is that, so apes or chimpanzees or maybe even monkeys, same with yeah. snakes. They're, they're not necessarily born with that fear, but they can be taught that fear right. pretty quickly. Whereas you can't just teach them to be afraid of uh, a duck per se. So there yeah. is something imprinted in us that has those pathways where we can turn on the fear for snakes and spiders. So, I mean, they're, they're very other, right? Eight legs, mm -hmm. everything about them is not human, not anything that is typically our, our food source. They're just, they're just weird to us, I guess is what it is. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I believe there's some instinctual uh, aversion to spiders, you know, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's funny because a lot of people who bought my book absolutely have spider phobias, but hmm. you know, they got through the book, they they pretty much loved the book and you know, despite the fact that the you know, all the stories were about spiders. So um, but there were a few who said, No, no way, I'm not picking up that book. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend in particular and I know he won't be picking up this book, but that's that's interesting. So the question is whether can this help folks get over? Did you write this as a self-help book? <laughs> not officially. <laughs> but I mean, I, that might, if they can get through some of these stories, like uh, like Sail uh, uh, Number Nine, where the, the spiders are, are found uh, inside human beings, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that's a pretty, I've had a lot of people say that was a pretty effective, gruesome story, though. Because, you know, you always, when you think about creepy crawlies and stuff like that, you're always scared of them getting on you or, you know, heaven forbid getting in you. Right. So um, I just kind of play on that, you know, your worst nightmares. But so horror can be, of course, cathartic. I actually try to tend to think of horror that way. I want to frighten people, but I also kind of want to get them to push through and to face the fear and, yeah, I, I wonder for people who have a very, very strong dislike, whether 
I don't know. I think they should try. They should try your book and it might be a way of deconditioning them to the fear or could <laughs> it might make it worse. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? But the little things we, I always tend to come back to that on this podcast, that the little things are more frightening than the big things. Mm-hmm. And microbes to me are, are the scariest because you can't see them at all. You don't even know if they're there. And then going up to ticks, which are also arachnids, but they're, mm-hmm. they're teeny tiny where you don't even know. And then they give you Lyme disease. That's mm-hmm. my concern with them. With spiders, it's like, are people really afraid of the poisonous spider? That would make sense. It seems like it's more just they don't like the icky thing touching them. Right, yeah. Or just the, the you know, seeing it out of the corner of your eyes skittering across the wall or the ceiling, you know. Right. That, that knee-jerk reaction of, you know, you know, there's something there that shouldn't be there. Right. But of course they should be there. They're extremely beneficial, right? Ecologically, they, they are great in houses. They'll take care of, of your other pests and <laughs> big enough ones. will take care of mice, <laughs> yeah. but that would be uh, that would be a bit alarming. I remember living in Vermont and in between the windows of this old house, there were sort of two panels there were these giant i don't know if they were the orb weaver spiders but they were they had this big fat like um just like a i don't even know how to explain it but like a big fat racquetball body yeah. almost oh really yeah they were they were i didn't want to touch those that was for sure i'm sure yeah but then there's teeny teeny tiny ones and i think back to well there was uh it's Scary stories to tell in the dark. Are you familiar with that, yeah. that popular children's stuff? Mm-hmm. So they have one of those stories where basically it, I believe it's spiders that sort of hatch in her cheek and that comes out. And I think that really clinches the, the worst part. It's like that contamination and then just all these tiny ones coming out and we're just the um, mechanism for them to reproduce. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know there was a there was a scene in the movie The Mist, you know, by Stephen King, mm-hmm. where um, some of the victims were like trussed up with with webs, and and the the spiders from the other dimension had had laid eggs inside of them and hatched. So, and that was one thing that that really freaked me out when I saw that on that movie. So, yeah, I might have been a you know a catalyst of me wanting to you know do some body horror spider stories like that sure well speaking of stephen king i mean if this is a spoiler alert for people too bad too you know they should have read this book a long time ago but for it right we find out that the that the clown is actually a spider for some reason (laughs) which i never could i mean the the spider and the the cosmic turtle thing you know that was kind of a strange thing he came up with but uh, I, I love that book that that's it's a long book but it's it's effective yeah so i guess the question is does he really make the it does the clown act spider-like throughout like it doesn't really seem to have spider-like behavior or mannerisms but it just it turns out to be a spider in the end and yeah right there's no real connection between clowns no, and spider there i don't think so it's just an interesting choice and and then there's also when i think about 
great spider anti-heroes villain. So it's Shalab, I believe that's how it's pronounced in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's the big female spider monster that's in some cave. I don't remember the specifics anymore, but I remember loving Shalab. So there's a long history of all of these uh, horror monsters who are who are spiders, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm very impressed with with your your book, and it Thank gets you. me thinking. I wonder, like, if more people have the guts to pull off something like that, because it's it's not easy. So when you came to each new story, like, how did how did, how did you? try to make it not the same story as the other one because i could easily fall into the same rut of okay what is it oh it's this spider but none of your stories were the same none of them were the same i i tried to do like just different stories and and i wanted the spiders to all be different you know they weren't just like spiders they were just they some had uh, certain intentions you know, um, like I said, there's um, there's a lot of supernatural connections to to some of the spiders, like uh, in the memory eater, uh, where um, this creature uses spiders as sort of a conduit to to siphon people's memories um, from them. You know, uh, that was just kind. Of, that was a really weird idea I came up with, and. Uh, of course, the the cell number nine with the the spiders, which were actually almost like prehistoric spiders, because they were birthed from a, a piece of amber in a in a prison wall. So, so I just um, you know I just really like to do creepy crawly stories, and and uh, I I really consciously tried to to make every story its individual thing, and you know different from. Uh, all the other ones yeah well you you certainly pulled that off and uh so did you did you come at each story you don't have to give away all your secrets but did you come at each story with okay this is the spider that's going to feature in this or did you kind of come up with the the plot and then sort of bring the spider into your idea yeah i came up with the plot of the story first and then you know i just tried to decide what sort of creature, you know, spider creature would best, you know, suit the, you know, the progression of the story and the plot. Um, like um, the the story of the Creeping Sands where uh, uh, it's, it's actually sea spiders. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, you know, I, I just kind of ran the gambit of, you know, where spiders might lurk and and how might they might uh, manifest their evil you know some of them were evil some were not you know uh, so i just you know i just wanted to write a really effective spider story where you know make people's skin crawl and uh, hopefully they enjoy it and and get something good out of it so i was looking up sea spiders and and so they're they're marine arthropods so they claim they're not even quote real spiders whatever that means but um they're they're closer to true spiders than other well-known arthropod groups whatever who cares they're they're spiders in my book i didn't even know those existed (laughs) frankly 
that's that's somehow more frightening we actually went to an aquarium in chattanooga they have the tennessee aquarium in chattanooga and they actually had sea spiders there and uh, they were particularly creepy you know and and they do have they did have a giant crab that just had you know like eight legs and i mean it looked like a huge you know spider you know so that was pretty creepy too but yeah it's all that is definitely creepy the water stuff i remember swimming around this pond back in vermont and i think there was sort of like a sandbar and there were plants and then there were just spiders out there it just felt weird to see them in the midst of the water i don't even know how they got out there i guess they can float or i don't even know but i was just looking up so horseshoe crabs which are those weird shelled things with the point with the unicorn horn wow. on the end of it they're relatives of spiders apparently so yeah, really. that's interesting and the whole connection between the ocean and ocean creatures and spiders so my book Molina through dnt publishing so it both covers a little bit of what's in your one story of basically the memory loss so alzheimer's but there's there's sea creature stuff and there there is something disturbing about marine creatures i guess because you can't really see them sneaking up on you right yeah they're down but yeah, there. yeah but you you were it was extremely effective the way you you made use of those and yeah i mean i'm trying to think of who wouldn't like this book i mean it's like it's both it's both easy to read and at the same time i think there's great depth to it and yeah your writing is just it's really it's just top-notch stuff i mean it's Thank just you. uh i i hadn't i hadn't been familiar with your your work maybe it, it had come across my periphery um but um yeah it's evident that you have been writing at, at a high level for quite some time because i was just uh, part of me i'm I, now that i've done some editing you know I, i've done edited just uh only my second anthology so i'm sure. still a fledgling editor but i start I start unfortunately having my editor's eye on everything, which can make a reading less pleasant sometimes because I'm oh, picking sure. it apart. But I'm reading through your stuff and I'm like, not a thing, not a thing to, <laughs> to, to fix here. So I'm definitely looking forward to reading some of your other stuff. Have you have you incorporated other spidery stuff or other like biological creatures into any of your other work? Actually, in my in my new West, uh, horror western series, Dead Eye, in in book one, there is like a cosmic creature that comes from out of this portal who is like, uh, spider, you know, like a, a cosmic spider. He, uh, you don't see him, and it's not exactly described. You're kind of getting secondhand knowledge of this creature from. Uh, a posse of you know uh, lawmen who had been attacked and they're strung up in this web and and the one surviving um, the, the sheriff the one surviving victim is sort of telling the main characters about this this creature and and uh, you know it so that that's one thing I've I've recently used you know a, a spider like character in. And I'm sure I'm sure I'll come up with some some other stuff too. Um, uh, I've got a, I've got a lot of projects going on right now, so so I wouldn't that. And I'm I'm actually considering doing a, a snake 
uh, collection. Yes, please. So I was just about to say, man, like I, I hope you put out a whole bunch of just different creatures and you just do the uh, just collections on each of those. So with the spider stories, obviously you had to do eight stories. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many you do for snakes, 11, because it looks like two snakes. I don't know. <laughs> now, you know, uh, I do, I, I, uh, it's just like spiders. I've done some snake stories, you know, and, and so that's, you know, I told Dawn, you know, would you be interested in doing a snake book? She said, yeah, let's do it. So uh, I'll have to sit down and do some extra stories to go with the two or three snake stories that I've already uh, I've already done. You know, I always when, on my collections, I have like two or three of my older stories that people haven't haven't had a chance to read, and then I do all new material to go with it. Right, that's what you did for this most common one. I look back; some of them were older stories, and but your your writing is pretty consistent throughout. Did you re-edit any of those in the past, or just kind of as is? Oh, uh, I might have you know touched a few up. I mean. Uh, a couple of the, you know, like Housewarming and La Sanguinaire, uh, they were written in the mid 80s, you know, and published wow. in the mid 80s. And I might have, you know, I might have kind of tweaked them up a little bit, and but uh, not not very much, you know. I, th I think I'd made a few minor changes to Housewarming, you know, made it a little bit more extreme horror than it actually was. Mm -hmm. Well, they both work really well. They all work really well. Thank so, you. Uh, just to, to conclude, I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, what are you working on now and where can folks find your work? Okay. Uh, uh, I just re-released a, a paperback uh, Halloween collection called Mr. Glowbones, and I did uh, 12 pieces of art of my own artwork in it. So, so that may be something folks would like to check out here at Halloween. You can get it on Amazon. Or, um, and I am currently working on the, my Western horror uh, series, uh, Dead Eye. Um, it's uh, a zombie gunfighter in the Old West who is uh, track, trying to track down uh, a band of vampire outlaws. And um, so it's going to be a five book series over three years. And, and, they're just going to go all the, over the West and they're going to encounter other creatures like werewolves and, and ghosts and all kinds of, you know, cryptids and, and a lot of cosmic horror, you know, things coming out of portals to attack. And so I'm having a, a great time writing it. And uh, um, Thunderstorm Book is, is putting out the limited edition November and then Silver Shamrock Potion is going to be putting out the paperback and the um, ebook in December. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to all that and glad you're continuing to put out all this great stuff. And thank you so much for coming into my nightmare. Well, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Thanks for taking a trip with me through Josh's Worst Nightmare, where I, Josh Schlossberg, Survey the dark landscape of biological horror fiction presented by Denver Horror Collective. If you don't want to miss any of the great, and sometimes disturbing, weekly episodes I've got planned for you, be sure to subscribe to Josh's Worst Nightmare on a variety of podcast platforms. 
You can also sign up for Josh's Worst Nightmare e-newsletter at joshesworstnightmare.com, where I share a whole squirming mess of bio-horror, including my infamous haiku horror reviews and my latest dark scribblings. Speaking of which, if you haven't already picked up a copy of my cosmic biological folk horror novella, Moline, from D&T Publishing, you can find a copy of the paperback, hardcover, or ebook at Amazon, Godless.com, or joshesworstnightmare.com. Yours darkly, Josh Schlossberg.